brands, retail, content and design, brand activation, data, and technology, experiential marketing, the Brandemonium Podcast. Hi, this is Dan from Gwyn Sound coming to you from Brandemonium in Cincinnati. And my next guest is Dave Knox, the serial brand marketer, venture investor, and startup advisor. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dan. Of course. Boy, it's been a long time, man. It has. You know? Uh, I, met, I remember you back in your formative years at, at Procter & Gamble. Yeah, when I was making a fool of myself, so good, good times. <laughs> hey, we had fun. I, that, that's not, that was not my perspective, but it was a good time. Tell me a little bit about that experience, and how did, how did your experience at P&G kind of prepare you for this completely different world, uh, startup world? Yeah, so the thread actually started back in P&G. So 2003, when um, you know, I was working at P&G, first brand, as you know, was Secret Deodorant. And I was in charge of our youth and teen marketing. And at that time, that was just when digital was kind of an emerging thing that was really being embraced. So that was the days of MySpace and AOL Instant Messenger and the things our kids will never (laughs) even know existed. (laughs) But that's where I started working a lot on the, the digital world and getting exposed to a lot of that early stuff. And while in those first few years, it was more big digital media that was doing that work, uh, shortly, it became more venture-backed startups. And that's where it was the digital marketing world that led me into the venture capital world. And yeah, I was really lucky that when I was doing uh, P&G's corporate digital strategy team, yeah, that was 2008, uh, 2009, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a pretty pivotal time for the world of startups and entrepreneurship. Uh, the Twitters of the world had just been born. Facebook was just opening up to the public. That was really that rebirth of, I think, this next generation of amazing digital brands. And I was lucky enough to be sitting in a seat that I got to experience it. Yeah, we had just come out of this economic downturn, too, which was really interesting. You know, in terms of the, I would think, the talent that might even be available. You know, there were a lot of companies were laying off people, and there was awesome talent out there that was like, hey, in in some instances, it was was by virtue of, I don't what am I going to do next? That's exactly it. It's uh, you know, one of the interesting things when you look at the world of venture capital, the best companies are often funded during the worst times of the economy. Mm. And it's because that great talent, they look and say, well, what's the risk that I'm taking? It's yeah. not that I'm necessarily giving up a job paying hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars because mm-hmm. that might go away tomorrow. Right. So why not take a leap and do it myself right now? Sure. Makes sense. I'm going to back up a little bit for a second. So you have this, I mean, you're a young man still. You have this incredibly impressive resume. I've always been, I've always kind of admired your tenacity and your willingness to go out and do different things and to speak at conferences and to, you know, uh, explore kind of new ventures and so forth. Um, what's, what's something that we, that we should know about you that we're not going to find on your resume? Yeah. Well, first off, thank you. Uh, and <laughs> Really love that you use the word tenacity because that's uh, whenever somebody asks me why I look for in entrepreneurs and the startups that come through the brandery or my venture funds, tenacity is that word that I always call out uh, because it's something more people need to have. Uh, Because whenever you look, I think, at people that are doing well in their jobs, their careers, or entrepreneurs, tenacity is the thing they have to have because every single one of them has a much better option they could be doing that's probably a hell of a lot easier and pays a hell of a lot more. Sure. So I love that tenacity as an area. Mm. Um, so one of the things I think that uh, a lot of people don't realize, because I sometimes separate the two worlds, is my motivation is my family. 
um, you know, there I have a lot of people that will ask, well, why'd you choose to stay in Cincinnati? Why is this where you're building your career when you're a digital guy and you're into venture capital and everything else? And for me, it's because of the balance. Um, you know, I love the fact that I can be doing this during the day and in five minutes I can be back home and be there, walk the kids to school, pick them up from school and have that balance of my personal and professional life that I don't have to sacrifice one for the other uh, because that's a super important thing for me. Mm-hmm. And it's driven a lot of the choices that I've made and how I structure and think about the things that I'm doing. It's, it's about that flexibility to be able to care about the things I care about the most. I love that. So it's almost like you're making it your mission to, to build it around you where you want to be. So kind of like family first, right? That, of that part of work-life balance, yep. it's family first. And then I'm going to try to, to create the environment that I would want for myself here in Cincinnati. Yeah, right? that's and, exactly and it. you've done that. So. Yeah, and it, you know, that was the inspiration when uh, J.B. Kropp and uh, I sat down for the brandery and then ultimately brought in Rob McDonald and Brian Rackey and others. One of the first things J.B. and I said is we both want to do more in startups and venture capital. We can either spend our life on a plane going to the places where that exists, or we can be the ones to actually get out there and do something about it. And I think uh, if you have the tenacity to actually have the guts to be the one that goes change something, you can be amazed what will actually happen. That's fantastic. Switching gears again. Are you a music lover? So it's uh, it's an interesting one in music in my life. Uh, I cannot play a lick of music at all. Uh, I think in music theory in seventh grade, they actually suggested I should look at art class instead of music (laughs) theory. Uh, So that was pretty bad. But I actually almost went into the music industry as my career. Um, So during college, that's why I was spending my time on. Uh, My first marketing job was for a company called M80 Interactive Marketing that was doing music street teams. Hmm. So I was doing the digital marketing for Nelly Furtado's of the world, et cetera. Wow. And uh, the only reason I ended up at P&G was I spent one of my internships in college at Aware Records in Chicago. And that was the summer that we actually signed John Mayer. And the founder of the label was an amazing guy named Greg Latterman. And he sat me down at the end and said, look, I'd love for you to come back and work for me. But everybody wants to work in the music industry. And we'll be able to pay you $25,000. And that's the same as the Harvard MBA that's willing to take that to be in the music industry. So why don't you go to P&G and get this great training and see what comes out of it? Hmm. So I've always had a love for music, an appreciation for it, uh, but can't play a damn lick for the life of me. <laughs> that's a wonderful story. Um, so Cincinnati, um, Brandemonium, can you talk a little bit about um, this conference and just your thoughts on the conference in general? Maybe what you've gotten out of it, what you've contributed to it, a little bit more about that. Yeah, so Brandemonium is one of those things that I'm so thankful we finally have it because it's shocking we haven't had it. Uh, you know, This is the town that invented brand marketing, invented consumer research, yet we weren't doing something that brought that community together in the right way. Mm-hmm. And so what Bill and Kevin and folks created two years ago with Brandemonium, it's long overdue. And what I think is the most interesting part about it was the number of people that are flying into Cincinnati around this event to be part of it. And it's showcasing why it's not just coming to a city randomly for an event, but it's coming to a city that the reason you can come can be multiplied. Um, you know, I had breakfast with a major consumer packaged goods company today, 
And she was saying, well, I got in yesterday because I was going to meet with my customer team for Kroger. So I spent all day with them. Now I'm getting to spend a day here at Brandemonium. Tomorrow I'm going to the Brand Fusion event, which is something that I run here in town. And so this is the spark of something more. It's not just showing up in a random city like a Sundance or an Austin for South By. You can combine a lot of things, and that reinforces the amazing equity of what the conference is. Wonderful. I'm going to go off the script here again a little bit. What I'm interested in what kind of inspired you or what drew you to the startup world from the beginning. And then since you've done so much, what kind of keeps you inspired moving forward? Yeah, so I think what uh, inspired me initially to get involved was, you know, I'm not sure if it's the fact I grew up as, you know, a Chicago Cubs fan or growing up in Cleveland. Sorry about last yeah, night. It's yeah, a tough one. That was. Um, I, I have a natural wiring towards challengers and challenger brands. So I was the guy that was, you know, reading on a Barnes & Noble Nook instead of a Kindle because uh, I just love the challenger and the things that people don't think should work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I love startups, is every startup is a challenger that the entrepreneur is probably being told there's no chance that idea is going to work. And with the resources at their disposal and everything else, it probably should never work. But they find a way to make it happen. And so I just love challengers. And yeah, I think it's, e- you know, I don't want to say it's easy, but when you're in a place where everything's given to you and you have all those unfair advantages, you should be able to succeed. And I'm inspired by those that don't come from that and still figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's what drew me to entrepreneurship mm-hmm. was going into that. Yeah. The great thing about keeping inspired is that never changes. Um, there's always a new challenger, a new thing that can, uh, not to use the word disrupt, but will evolve where things are and change the business. And that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going back to the, the world of P&G, one of the things we always have to do is our personal leadership philosophy. And you write that down, you share that. And from day one, one of the things I had on my uh, leadership philosophy was a childlike sense of curiosity and a childlike sense of learning. And that's what inspires me because every entrepreneur I work with is teaching me something, I'm learning something different. and. I think that's the definition of uh, a renaissance these days is getting exposed to those different things that make you better as a person. Awesome. I think you just got metaphor of the year with the Cubs analogy for this because the Cubs did eventually win the World Series, right? Yep. And uh, I haven't seen any of their fans like take a break and relax and go, okay, now we've done it. We don't have to be passionate fans anymore, right? They're just now, they're that much more excited to go ahead and do it again. Yeah, so one of the fantastic. dangerous things is uh, gain a taste of success. That, right. uh, that, that gets you hooked. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. What would you do to, to help the Cubs out? So they, their season just ended last night in a tragic uh, extra inning ball game against the, the Rockies. They went all season long. They had the same record, uh, unfortunately, as Milwaukee and had to do this one game playoff, as you know, and then they got any, any advice for the Cubs moving forward. Well, I think, uh, you know, the good thing is they're living in Chicago and there's this great brewery called Goose Island. So it's, uh, it's coming up on Bourbon Barrel Day. So be uh, looking forward to that and that drown the sorrows away. Perfect. What's next for you? You know, next for me right now is uh, I'm getting to experience the gig economy. So I left uh, WPP about a year ago. And what I decided to do was uh, go on a journey of entrepreneurship myself. And entrepreneurship that I wasn't going to pick a single thing. 
and that's what I'm doing right now. So I'm spending my time really split between three different ways of one, spending a lot of time on uh, the book, predicting the turn, including doing a lot of public speaking, uh, both at conferences and private engagements with corporations. Two, I'm doing um, fractional CMO consulting. So I'm spending time with growth stage companies that are trying to figure out what their marketing organization should look like. How do they really evolve that marketing strategy to capitalize on the opportunity in front of them? And then finally rolling up my sleeves with some of my own personal investments. Uh, There's companies where I'm an angel investor, a venture capitalist, or maybe a board member that I'm diving in and helping out and getting a lot more involved with the kind of functional expertise that I have in those worlds to see what I can do with them. So I'm having a blast where every single hour is just a little bit different. Living the dream? Trying to. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show. Really, really appreciate it. This has been some really, really good stuff. We're excited. Um, we're excited for the rest of the conference, and and uh, if you have a chance to come back and chat with us again, I think it'd be cool to get some of your thoughts as the conference kind of wraps up as well. Would love to do it. I appreciate you guys being here. Thanks, Dave. Take care. You too.